Recording in progress. Okay, we're up to Daf Mem Vav Amid Aleph, the top of the Amid. Uh, the last kasha we had is that we said that Rabbi Yehuda holds, or we had a machlekes of Ozben Yaakov and the Rabbana, which we'll get to later on in today's Amid, and that is, does the, uh, does, do the halachas of the punishment of the husband apply if he was not boil his wife, if he was not with his wife? <coughs> so Rabbi Yehuda said, Loikim uh, Mekol you, you get lashes regardless. Whether you're with your wife or not, you always get lashes. Maybe the money not, but you always get lashes. Meaning, if a, uh, if a guy lies without having lived with his wife, so after the, chus, the chasana, he hears from witnesses or people talking, and he just makes it up without having lived with her. Although the Pasuk implies that they were together, because the Pasuk says they were together, and, and he didn't find Basulim, but he has a, we'll get to the drushes in a minute. So, Rabbi Yudha says, even if he's not with his wife, he gets lashes. Okay. The problem was, Rabbi Yudha and the Braisa said, you don't get lashes. So, the, <laughs> it's a contradiction. So, the first answer we had yesterday was, um, you don't get lashes deraisa, you get lashes derabana. So they're both right. Rav Papa Omar, my ball like it. Rav Papa says, what does it mean that if you're boil, you're like it? Meaning, Rav Yehuda had said in our brisa that you get lashes regardless, but you only pay if you're intimate with your wife. The problem is the brisa says you only get lashes if you're intimate with your wife. So he says a very strange answer, and that is when the brisa says loike, it means loike diktani hasam mamen. When it says lashes, it means lashes with money. Meaning lashes doesn't mean lashes. Really, you get lashes regardless. When he said you only get lashes if you're intimate with your wife, it means money. You only, um, lashes doesn't mean lashes, it means punishment. And it means money. So he's saying that the lotion of loka actually means mamon. Which is a strange, um, it's, it's not the normal, uh, you know, translation. So we're saying like this, that you really get lashes regardless. I, the Bryce says, you only get lashes if you're with your wife. The answer is, when he says lashes, it means money. Loika means mamon. Like it doesn't mean lashes, it means like slapped with a fine. Okay, so the Gemara says, Malchus, where do we find in Tanaic literature the terminology of lashes really being money? Because that's, that's incredibly misleading. So the Gemara says, in, we find it, Vatanya, Vatnan, the Mishnah says, so the Mishnah says like this, Ha'imer Chatsi Erki Alai. Chati erki. Erki means if you say my value. Every person has a value based on the Torah, defines each person's value based on the slave market, and, and not just based on the slave market, each person based on their age range and their sex, they have a certain value. So if you say erki alai, that means you want to donate your value to the base of Megdash. If you say chati erki, that means you're donating half your value. So if your value is $100, you have to give $50. So what's the halacha? No, you chati erki. You have to give 50 Okay, it works. Meaning if you say half, you got to give half. Fair enough. Rav Yaisi by Yehuda Oimer, Loike v'noisin erech shalom. Rav Yaisi by Yehuda says, Loike, we give you lashes, and you have to pay whole. So the question is, okay, well, why do you have to, why do you lash him? Like, what, what did he do wrong? My, Loike amai, why should he get lashes? I'm going to pop Loike v'erech shalom. You know what lashes means? It doesn't mean lashes, it means we slap him with paying whole. We make him pay whole, so when it says Loike, what it means is, we, 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 we slap him, we slap him with the fine of him paying whole. Like a erich shal, so that's an example of slapping him, meaning not lashes, like it not being lashes, but being money. No, it's Rav Yosi by Yehuda, who's a, 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 uh, explaining the Mishnah. That's his interpretation of the Mishnah. Like a nice in erich shal. So Rav Papa explains what Rav Yosi by Yehuda the Tana means. Like doesn't mean lashes; it means you slap him with the obligation to pay whole. Now, so that, the point is, you see that like it can mean money. That, that, that's the main point. Now, by the way, just Agav, why does he have to pay whole? He said he wants to pay half. Why don't we just make him pay half? That's fair, right? 
It's a donation. You should be able to pay half. So the Gemara says, The reason why we make him pay whole is because if he said that means half of my value. That technically works. And you should only pay half. The problem is if he said half of um, the Erech of my half, meaning not half of my value, the Erech of half of my body, then you actually have to pay whole. I'll tell you why. Because um, half of your body can have your liver in it, can have your lungs in it, can have your, your brain, which are um, avarim that the entire body is contingent on. Those limbs are considered your entire body. So if you actually say chetzi erkoi, it's really half. But if you say erich chatzoi, which is half of my erich, that's the equivalent of saying your whole erich. If you say I'm giving the value of my heart and my lungs, that's basically saying I'm giving the value of myself, and that's whole. So because it could be very um, misunderstood, we just make you in all scenarios you have to pay whole. It's a nether, or it's a nether. It's a nether. Yeah, it's it's a nether. So. But then we're just going to the door, and he didn't understand what he was saying. True. No, but the point is, we if you actually say chetzi erki, that actually is half. And that's what you meant, and that's what it is. The problem is, if you say er chatzoi, that means whole, because that's what it means. If you say I'm giving half of my body's value, well, it depends which half. <laughs> yeah, your legs don't have any value, but your heart and your lungs—that's your body. So the point is, because so th- depending on what you say, it'll be either half or whole. Therefore, in order to avoid confusion, we're just going to make you—we're going to slap you with the fine of paying whole in all scenarios to avoid this confusion. Yeah. Um, it's a biblical requirement as a donation, so I, I don't know that it's it's. It, I mean, there's some seches erevin that talks about this. It's it's a high level. It's not just like a you know bli nether type of thing. It's a very high level nether. Um, but yeah, I guess that. It, the, so the point is, depending on what you say, therefore, in order to avoid confusion, you just have to pay all. But what do you see from here? You see the word loike could actually mean money. Okay, that, that's the main point. Tanurabanan. The Pasuk says that if the man defames his wife, we give him lashes and we give him money. Meaning, he gets lashes and he has to pay. How do you know this? So, when the Pasuk says, that's money. That's money. How do I know that? And and it says, which means that we pain him, that's referring to lashes. Yisru is referring to lashes. No problem. It's the Hebrew in the back and English in the front. No. Hebrew in the front, English in the back. V'yisru zem malkus. It's like a mullet. Bishloima v'anshu zem mamen. I understand when it's v'aynish. The pasuk says defaming your wife v'anshu zem mamen. That's money. Dichsev v'anshu aysay me'akasef. You punish him with money. V'naslavi anayra. El v'yisru zem malkus minala. How do I know that v'yisru means malkus? V'yisru just means to pain him. How do you know it's lashes? Amravavo l'manu yisru miyisru v'yisru miben uben miben. Um, it says Yisru over here. It says Yisru in um, in another. Um, it says uh, they hear Yisru. It says by Soromora Yisru, and it says by Soromora Ben, and it says the word Ben by lashes. We had this yesterday. It's like a three level drasha, three dimensional drasha. Okay, so now the halacha is that before you punish anybody, the Torah has to tell you the punishment, then it has to tell you the warning. So the punishment is listed for defaming. Where's the azhara? Where's the warning? For defaming your wife, where's the warning? The Torah says, "Don't do this." There's always the punishment is listed, but where's the azhara, the warning? So the Gemara says, "Azhar lo moti Where's the azhara of moti shemra that you're not allowed to defame your wife? So Rav Elazar Amar miloy seilich rachel. It's a source of lashon hara. Seilich rachel, a gas, a story teller. You, you can't just go around making up stories. Seilich rachel. That's like a rechilus. 
Rav Nasan Aimer, Vinishmartim called Avara. He learns it out from the Pasuk, Vinishmartim called Avara means anytime. Vinishmartim um, Mikoldara tells you that anytime it says Hishamer, Vinishmar, it's a Lashon Losase. So Vinishmartim Mikoldara, careful from all uh, evil things, this is an evil thing, so that's how he, he learns it out. So you have two sources of where is the Azhara for Moti Shemra. It's either Loiselech Rachel or it's Vinishmartim Mikoldara. So Ravalazar, my time, Eliyamar Mehai, why does Ravalazar not use Vinishmartim? Why does he disagree? Because he says Vinishmartim Mikoldara is not a warning for defaming your wife, it's completely something else. What is it for? That's the source. This is the source. Or Pinchas Ben Yara says, "What's the source you're not allowed to think about a woman in an inappropriate way?" Right. Normally in the Torah, we don't punish you for thought. Right? We punish you for action. So where is the source in the Torah you're not allowed to think about inappropriate thoughts? Says Pinchas Ben Yara, "Don't think about something during the day and have a seminal omission when you sleep at night." That's the source of of Machshavas Rose. So he uses this. Uh, you know, he, that, that's his source. So he, because he uses it for that, it's not extra to tell you of uh, defaming your wife. Rav Nosan, my time in Mehai, why does Rav Nosan not like Leiselech Rachel? He actually says Leiselech Rachel is not the source for Rachilus. Rachel means soft. It's the uh, it's the warning to Bezdin that they should not treat the plaintiff and the defendant differently. That you shouldn't be nice to this one and tough to that one. You have to treat them both evenly in your uh, level of antagonism. Nice and soft. You can't just be nice to this one and tough to that one. You have to... Rach l'zeh Okay. Fine. Now, the Pasuk, when it describes the punishment for defaming his wife, the Pasuk actually says... I don't have the, it's some devarim, some ba'alilos devarim, which is that the, it's technically translated that the husband, when he defamed his wife, right, he got witnesses to say that she committed adultery. And some la'alilos devarim actually means that he paid them. So the Gemara understands that his punishment for defaming his wife is only if he actually supplies the witnesses. If he happened to find witnesses that he never asked them to come forward, like, he says to Bezdin, hey, my wife committed adultery. He made it up. And Bezdin says, out of proclamation, does anyone know? And there happens to be two guys that hate this woman. <laughs> so they come forward, not at all um, being hired by him or, or, or being brought up by him. He doesn't actually have to pay. It's Xerxes Akasa that it only applies. His punishment only applies if he hired them. So the Gemara speaks this out. <sighs> if he didn't tell the witnesses, come forward and testify. So he didn't ask them to come. And they just come forward on their own volition. So, who ain't like if ain't a nice may Islam? He doesn't have to get lashes, he doesn't pay. Now, he but she and the witnesses get killed, meaning they still get killed because they said about a woman that she committed adultery. They didn't. So she and the witnesses get killed. So the question we had yesterday, why do you kill the woman and the witnesses? You never kill the woman and the witnesses, because if you kill her, that means they're telling the truth. If you kill the witnesses, that means that she's innocent. So you're never going to kill both. He's a means you kill her or the witnesses. Meaning, even if he didn't hire them, he doesn't get punished, but they get punished. So the Gemara says, now the implication of the Brisa is he only doesn't get punished because he didn't ask them to come forward. If he asked them to come forward but he didn't pay them, he does get punished because he solicited their um, their testimony. So the Gemara says, This is not like the teaching of Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda says, Rav Yehuda says it's not enough for him to solicit them, he actually has to pay them. 
He has to pay them money. If he doesn't pay them, then there's no punishment. So even if he asks them to do me a favor, no good. Why? So how does Rabbi Yehuda know this? My time in the Rabbi Yehuda. Amravo, Isis Sima Sima. It says that he summed Devarim, that he got the witnesses. Some means payments. How do I know this? Because it says, It says regarding him getting the witnesses, the word sum, which means to like adjourn them, to like get them to come. And it says regarding Ribis, some over there, some over here. Over there it's money, over here it's money. So you see he has to pay. So now the Gemara has the Kasha. If you're learning it out from Ribis, how far does it go? <clears throat> what if he pays them with land? There's only Ribis on, on cash. So if you're learning out from Ribis, like how much are you learning out from Ribis? Are you learning out from Ribis that has to be cash or it could be payment? Like how, how, how much are we learning it out from Ribis? So the Gemara says... He also said the same thing. You learn it out from Rivas. What if he hired them to testify, but he paid them with land? So do we learn it out from Rivas that it's payments? So there's payments, so he should be chayiv. Or do we say, no, you learn it out from Rivas that it has to be cash? What if he paid them less than a Shavaprut is worth? So he paid them with cash, but it's not enough cash to be a problem with ribis. Mahu. Shneim bepruta, or what if he paid them a pruta, but between both of them? So each witness is not getting a pruta. Each witness is getting half a pruta. Does it have to be each witness gets paid, or total? All these kashas we don't answer. Bayravashi. Hoitzi shemran nesunar mahu. What if he defames his wife, but about their first marriage? Meaning they got married, then got divorced, then they remarried each other, and then after the second marriage, he's like, oh, after the first marriage, during the first marriage, you, you commit adultery. Which is also, he's kind of like blasting himself, which I never understood, he's kind of putting himself on blast as well. No, but also he's like saying that he lives with a woman, that, maybe he's saying, I just found out. I guess he's saying, I just found out. Yeah. So the question is, is that considered um, um, or does it have to be from this marriage? Don't answer that. Uh, what if a person is defaming his brother's wife. So he, he did Yibam. And then the night after he did Yibam, he said, oh, you committed adultery against my brother. Mahu. So, it's twisted. So the Gemara has like five kashas. We don't have an answer for any all of them, but we have an answer for one. At least I have an answer for one. The Tanir of as the Pasuk describes defaming that the man said, I gave over my wife. It has to be that he gave over the daughter, and as opposed to Yivam, where the daughter was given over against her will. So therefore, it's, it excludes Yivam. So it doesn't apply to Yivam. The other four questions, we don't have an answer. Okay. We referenced yesterday a machloikis between Rabbonon and Rabbalazar and Yaakov, whether the laws of punishing the husband, of defaming, apply if he was never intimate with his wife. So now we're going to reference that. Meaning, the Pashup shot of the Pasuk is, he marries a woman, he lives with her that first night, he finds out she's not a basula, and he tells the peasants, he's either telling the truth or he's lying. The question is, what if he was never with his wife? What if, after the chuppah, he's just like, I heard bad things about her, he just goes to bed and write that. Does he get punished for making it up if he wasn't technically intimate with her? It's I said yes, it's the now we're going to go through it. Again, the fundamental difference is, according to the Rav Ozben Yaakov, his defaming is coming from his own knowledge, or he's making it up, but it's all based on his... He's saying, I lived with her, and it's not true. The Rabbanon say, no, it, it could even be he heard it from witnesses, which now we're going to have to just reinterpret the Pesukim based on Rabbanon and Yaakov and based on the Rabbanon. So, my Rabbanon and my Rabbanon and Yaakov, what is this Machlech? So you reference the Tanya. 
What's an example of Atsar Shemra? Bala Bezdin, so you go to Bezdin, Amar, Ploini, and the man says, Le I didn't find that the daughter had Basulim. If there are witnesses that says that she's guilty, then she only gets a ksuv of 100. So the Gemara instantly pauses. If there are witnesses that she's guilty, she gets the death penalty. You don't yeah. give her a ksuva. So, uh, you should kill her. So, what it means is that if there are witnesses that she committed adultery, then we kill her. But if there are witnesses that she didn't commit adultery, but that she was premaritally, she had relations, so she went into the marriage, you thought she was a basil, but she wasn't, but she didn't commit adultery. We know when she lived with someone else. So then, uh, it's a little bit of a mekach and this follows the view that you get a ksuva of 100. She does get a ksuva, it's a ksuva of 100. Yesha ksuva mara. Okay. Meaning, he claims that she's not a basula, so if he's telling the truth that she committed adultery, she gets killed. If witnesses come forward and say that she's not a basula, but it's not adultery, she had relations with her boyfriend 10 years ago, then, then she gets a ksuva of 1, 100. Okay. Just one second. Okay. Nimsa sheshemra in sheshemra. If they find out that he made it up, so who like him and Eisen may sell he gets lashes and he pays. Bain ball, bain law ball, whether he was intimate with her or not. So whether he's claiming it based on his own knowledge, whether he's claiming he heard, witnesses, he gets the punishment the same. This is the sheet of the Rabbanon. Rav Lezer ben Yaakov, says, no, it only applies if he was actually intimate with his wife. Okay. So, I understand where Rav Lezer ben Yaakov comes from, because the Pasuk says, He came and he was with her. So the Pasuk says they were intimate. That's where Rav Lezer ben Yaakov gets it from. According to the Rabbanon, what does it mean, What does it mean that he was with her? He wasn't with her. According to the Rabbanon, it doesn't have to be with her. The answer is, It means he came at her with accusations. It doesn't mean that he came to her in relations. It means he came to her with accusations. Okay. The Pasuk says, he says to her, I didn't find Basulim with your daughter, which implies that he was with her, and there's no Basulim. The sheet is, there's no blood, like there's no Basulim. But according to Rabbanim, how do they interpret that Pasuk? Because according to them, the, the guy, it's not like he knows from first hand, he knows from, from second hand knowledge. So the answer is, what he's saying is, I didn't find people to back up that she's a Basulim. Meaning, I, I, I heard that she's not a basula, and I haven't found anyone to disprove that story. So it doesn't mean that I, I, you know, I didn't find the sheet or I didn't find basula. It means I didn't find anyone to defend her. Okay. I have secondhand knowledge, and I haven't had secondhand people to reject that secondhand knowledge. According to Rosman Yaakov, it says the pastor says that the, 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 the man, when he's disproving the husband, he says, these are basuli, these are the basulim, meaning these are the sheets, these are the basulim. According to the Rabbana, the entire thing was secondhand, so what is the what is the father showing? It's not like, the, you know, they were never together. These are the witnesses that will prove that she's innocent. That by disproving the first witnesses. Okay. According to Rosh the Pasuk says that they spread out the sheet to show that they, they lived together, that there was blood. What does it mean? Because the they were never actually intimate. So what, what does it mean? It means they place out the story. They spread out the story in front of them to prove that she's innocent. 
Kedetani, as the Baisa says, Uparsu Asimlo, spread out the sheet. It means you spread out the, you spread everything on the table. Put everything out there. They have their witnesses, they have their witnesses, then Rabban are going to prove who, who, what's the truth. It doesn't mean an actual sheet with blood on it. It means get, get the whole story out there. But Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says, Dvarm kichsavim simul mamish. No, an actual sheet. Okay. Shalach, Rabbi Yitzchak, Barav Yaakov, Barguriyam, Shedar Yechanan. So it's like this. So according to Rabbi ben Yaakov, they have to actually have lived together. According to Rabbanu, they don't have to have lived together. So the Gemara says this third sheet, which is, Avagav shaloy metzinu b'cholotar kula. Shecholok akasa ben biya kedarka l'biya shaloy kedarka l'makas v'ainshin. Throughout the Torah, we don't make a differentiation between natural relations and unnatural relations. Uh, which is a part of the body that will not lead to children. It, it's all the same. You're going to get chayev misa. It's all the same. Like when we say that some, you're not allowed to live with a woman, it's, it's not like naturally is mutter, unnatural. It's all the same. But, says Rav Yechanan, says Rav Yechanan, but when it comes to Maitzi Shemra, I need that he has to live with his wife because he holds like Revels Ben Yaakov, he has to live with his wife, but he can live with his wife whether it's natural or unnatural, but he has to testify that she committed adultery naturally. So basically, he's saying, yeah, so, so okay, so he's saying like this I hold the like Revels Ben Yaakov that he has to live with his wife because he translates the Pasuk as I didn't, but it could be even unnatural, which is very strange because it's like if you hold the like Revels Ben Yaakov, then you're saying that like he has to have lived with her and said, I, she's not a basula, then unnatural relations should do nothing. <laughs> um, so it's like a weird middle ground that doesn't really make much sense, to be honest with you. Because like if you hold like the Rabbanon, they never have to have lived together. According to Rabbanon, they have to, and he has to say, I lived with her, she wasn't a basula. But he's saying, they have to live together, but it could even be unnatural, which is not going to help you. If it's unnatural, then your story, it doesn't help you for the story. So the Gemara points this out, that this sheet that doesn't really make much sense. The Gemara says... Kiman, Ikra Abonan Afagab Deloibol, Ikra Vosmaniakov, go to the next page. It doesn't make sense. Who are you following? So the Gemara says, You're right. No, you actually have to live with her. Like Rosmaniakov, change it. It's not a third sheet. He also goes Rosmaniakov. So you have to have to live with her, Kadak. If you have pizza at 12 30, and then you go to bed at one thirty. It's not good. I'm just, I, I'm just, I just want. It's not for me. This is a theoretical opinion. How are you feeling, though? You ate later than I did. I feel awful. Okay. I feel like what it's like to feel hungover. I'm just, I never drink, but I feel like this is what it is. Okay. <coughs> Mishnah. Ha'av zakai bebitoi. The father has the right to his daughter be kedushah. He has the right to marry her off, which means he gets the money for the kedushin. He has the right to marry her off with shtar and bia, meaning he could say, you're li- you, you, "I just makadesh you through bia. You have to live with him." That's the father's right until she's twelve and a half. Okay. So I was like, "Kedushah, bekesav, b'shtar, b'bia." Zakav imtsiyasa. Any item that she finds goes to her father. Maisyadeh, and all the money that she makes goes to the father. Okay. And the father can annul her vows. Okay, good. And he could receive her get. This is if she did not have Nisuin, meaning if she had Kedushin and then gets divorced, um, all under 12 and a half, he, he, you give the get to the father. Once she has Nisuin, then she's out of the father's jurisdiction, then you have to give the get to her. 
if the daughter receives inheritance through her mother's side, I mean, so the mother's the mother um, the mo- her mother had inheritance that was specifically meant for her. So it's like a field. Um, the father cannot eat the uh, the proceeds from the field. He has to put in escrow for her for when she's older. Okay. Um, Nasa's now once she gets married and has nisuin, she leaves the father's jurisdiction. Now goes into the husband's jurisdiction. Yeser of Abal, and the husband has more rights than the father. Because the hu- a husband can actually um, get the proceeds of her field when they get married. Like if she brings in a field, the husband can get the proceeds from the field, which the father could not. The husband has to support her financially. He has to redeem her from prison if she's ever <coughs> taken captive. And he has to bury her. He has to pay for the burial. And for the funeral, the husband is not allowed to skimp and be cheap on the funeral. He has to do what's considered normal. What's normal was, in the time of the Gemara, they had at least two flute players. They would play two flutes at the funeral. And they would pay one woman to be a konenas, uh, to be um, to, uh, to wail. And that was the minimum. So the husband cannot go less than that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so the Mishnah said that the father can receive the Kesef Kedusha, the Kesef of Kedushan. How do we know this? Now we know that the father has the right to marry her off, because the Pasuk says the father can marry her off, but how do we know that he gets the money, maybe it goes to her? That's the question. The Kesef Minolan, how do I know the father gets the money? This is the source. The Pasuk says that if the father, marry, if the father sells her as a slave, then once she reaches adulthood, she leaves the slave, she no longer is a slave, and she doesn't have to pay. The implication is, when she leaves that servitude, she doesn't have to pay. But there's another time where she leaves that she does, there is money, and that's when she gets married. So... Correct. So, I mean, the Pasuk is saying that when she, when she becomes 12 and a half and she ages out of being a slave, she leaves without money, meaning she doesn't have to pay. The implication is there's another time where she leaves, and that's the father's domain, where there is money. That's Kedushin. And over there, the money goes to the father. After 12 and a half also? No. Only, Only up to 12 and a half. In Kasev, there's no money when she leaves this master, which is when she's a slave. But there is money when she leaves... In another scenario, right, there's two ways a woman can leave, right? She could leave if she's a slave, she leaves the... Or, if she gets married, she leaves the father's house. So when she leaves the father's house, there is money. Now, that just tells you there's money. How do you know it goes to the father? So the Gemara says, Umanu maybe she gets the money. So the Gemara says, The father has the right to marry her off. Doesn't it make sense that he gets the money? So the Gemara says, All I know is the father can marry her off. Yes, it makes sense that when she's under bat mitzvah, the father can marry her off and the father gets the money. But when she's 12 to 12 and a half, where the father marries her off, maybe she gets to receive the money. Now, pause. I just want to clarify this because it's going to be a little confusing later on. I just want to say the answer now and then it'll... So we had a cash of, how do I know that the father gets the money? So he said, well, you learn it out from when she's leaves slavery, because when she leaves slavery, she doesn't, there's no money, which implication is that when she leaves the father's house, there is money, and the father goes, and the father gets the money. So Gemara said, maybe she gets the money. The Gemara is eventually going to answer, it's going to go through a couple options, she's going to answer that it makes sense, the same way when she leaves the slavery, there is no money, but who would get the money? The owner. So when she leaves the father's house, who would get the money? The father. It just, it makes sense that you're going to compare the father to the slave owner. 
And the Pasuk saying there is no money, but had there been money, who would get it? Not the slave, the owner. So when she leaves the father's house, who, who, who gets it? The father. That, that's eventually the Gemara's conclusion. I just want to mention this now because it'll be a little easier. Because the Gemara is going to go back to it. Okay. So the Gemara is trying to find the source that the father gets the money when she's Mechavu Kedushim. So the Gemara says, Okay, so Amar Kra Binureha Beisavia. The Pasuk says, that when she is a nar, she's in her father's domain. Now, the technical meaning of this Pasuk is that the father can annul her vows. That's the, that's the intention of the Pasuk. The Gemara is going to say, the Pasuk is really saying that she's in her father's domain. That means that the father is financially is in control. That's how we're darshaning. I mean, the simple shot of the Pasuk is the father can annul her vows. We're going to darshan it, that because he can annul her vows, he's in full control, and that means he gets all the cash. Kol shevach nurim so here's the problem. You're telling me that this Pasuk tells you the father's in control financially. We've already had this Gemara recently. Uh, so it's seven days ago. You're telling me that this Pasuk means the father's in control financially and it's not just annulling the vows. And that's the source that the father's Mechabal Kedushin. Here's the problem. Rav Huna Marav said, We had this before. This, how do I know that if the daughter has a job that the money goes to the father in general? There's a whole drasha. Why don't you say this Pasuk? If this Pasuk means the father's in control financially, then why is this the Pasuk not used for other um, sources? Shanamar, how do I know the father gets the money of her job? Because it says, The father can sell her as a slave. So just like a slave, the money goes to the master. So to the, I mean, the Pasuk is equating the father to a slave owner. So just like a slave owner gets the money of the slave, so to the father gets the money of the daughter. So that if you're telling me that this Pasuk, by annulling the vows, is a source that financially the father's in control, then why is that not the source for this? Why do you have this pasuk? Glomily, Why do you have that source? Ella, what does that tell you? It must tell you that that pasuk is not telling you the father's in financial control. That pasuk is purely telling you that the father can annul the vows, and that's it. So it's not a good source that that uh, that for kedushin the father gets. It. So we don't have a source for it. All we have is a pasuk that says that the father is uh, can annul the vows, and the father gets um, the proceeds of her job. We do not have a source of the father's Mechabal Kedushin. And by the way, it's a little bit worse, because Mechabal Kedushin, I could see why it would go to her, because she's leaving the father's domain a little bit. So it makes sense. You know, it's not exactly the classic, you know, lemonade stand. So, so Gemara says, okay, nail of Mina. Why don't we learn out from, uh, from it? Meaning, so the Gemara says, um, uh, Rashi says, um, why don't we learn out from from uh, from Hatar Sadarim. <coughs> why don't we learn out from Hatar Sadarim that if Hatar Sadarim, the father's in control, so Kesef Kedushin. The answer is Mimonami Isur Loyalfinan. You can't compare money to Isur. He's in control regarding Isurim. It doesn't mean he's in control financially. Okay, Nelef Miknasa. Why don't you learn out from rape, right? We, the Pasuk says by rape the father gets the money, so Mezi by Kedushin. The answer is Mimonami Miknasa Loyalfinan. You can't compare money to penalties either. Oh, we also had, remember, about a week ago, we had a proof that the, when a man rapes her, so the penalty goes to the father, and the boishas and begam, the amount of money that she gets for the humiliation, and the amount that her market value deteriorated also goes to the father. So why is that not the good source? So the answer is, Shani boishas begam, that's not good because the reason why the father gets Boishas and Begam is a svara because the father can marry her off. He's in control of her humiliation because he can marry her off to someone that humiliate her. So therefore, it's not a good source regarding regular Kedushan. So, what's the source that the father gets the money? So the Gemara is going to go back to what we had before, which is we started with a Pasuk. The Pasuk says 
that the Pasuk says that when she leaves slavery, there's no money, which impl- implies <laughs> that when she leaves her father's house, there is money, and the father, go- the father gets the money. So the Gemara said before, maybe the father doesn't get the money. So the answer is, The answer is, it makes sense that the leavings are similar. Meaning, when she leaves the slave pits, she doesn't have to pay, but who would get the money? It would go to the master. So when she leaves the father's house, the father gets the money. I mean, it makes sense. We're comparing the father leaving the father's house to leaving a slavery. There's no money by the slavery, but there's money by the father. And who would get it? It makes sense that we go to the father. So the Gemara just has one last point. One with this. It's not comparable. How do you compare leaving the slaves to leaving the father? Why? They're not comparable. How do you compare the two? When she leaves the slave... Islam, you're comparing leaving the slave to leaving the father's house, but it's not comparable. When she leaves the slave, she's completely out of his jurisdiction. When she leaves the father by the by Kedushin, she's still in the father's house until she gets married. Like she's still living there. She's still halachically, she's not fully married. So how do you compare leaving the slave where there is no money to leaving the father's house where there is money? But they're not comparable because when you by Kedushin, she's still kind of in the father's domain, as opposed to leaving the slaves where she's completely separated from the from the master. So the Gemara answers that after Kedushin, while she's still bound to the father in some ways, there are some halachas that she's no longer bound. So the Gemara says, uh, Regarding annulling the vows, the father is no longer in full control. The Tanan, as the Mishnah says, Before she was Mechabal Kedushin, the father annulled the vows. After she's Makabudushan, the father and the husband can annul the vows. So because the father and the husband can annul the vows, he's no longer in full control. So it's <laughs> so I'm saying so so yeah, but not by him. So the point is so after Kedushin, there is a leaving. What's the leaving? I she's still in the father's house. At least when it comes to annulling the vows, who's in sole control of her annulling of vows? She left the father's domain. So therefore it is comparable to leaving slavery, that just like when she left slavery, there is no money, but had there been money, it would go to the master. So when she leaves the father's house, there is money, Kedushin, and it goes to the father. Now, just to finish up the dap, one more line. We said that not only is the father able to marry her off, that the Pasuk says, the father can marry her off, but the father can marry off not just with Kesef Kedushin, but he can marry off with Shtar and Bia. How do you know the father has the right to marry her off with Shtar and Bia? So the Gemara says, They have this in Kedushin all the time, that all forms of Kedushin are the same. They're all treated the same. Meaning, if you have the right to marry her off with Kesef, Right? Kesef, Shtar, and are always treated the same way. So if, if the father has the right for Kesef, then he has the right for Shtar, he has the right for Shtar, he has the right for Bia, and vice versa. They're all treated the same way. We never make uh, differentiations between the, between the three types, the forms of Kedushim. All right, we'll stop here, and we'll pick it up tomorrow. On the Pasuk, he doesn't... Recording stopped.